Hey, we're back. This is Andrew. This is Jackson. Man, you were taking forever to that, drink that. That was a really badly timed drink of water. Okay. Well, Jackson's here, and today we have a guest. Hey, guys. I'm Josh. Yeah. Hey, I feel like I'm loud. Am I being loud? Jackson, can you check the levels? I'm checking levels right now. You're fine. Okay, cool. I, I felt like I was screaming earlier. Hey, guys. We are back this week. Um, we are coming to you. Well, I guess it wouldn't be live, but we're recording right now. Um, one thing I would like to point out is that because we have a guest, we had to change our location. So we are coming to you from Jackson's man cave. We're not in my man cave. There's, we are literally down the hall from your office. There's a neon sign over there. There's a, uh, there's a pinup over there. What? Jackson, man. <laughs> we're literally in like the old kid's room. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're in a kid's room. <laughs> but if, if Jackson had a man cave, it would, be, it would probably be like this. Because there's a drum kit. Right there. It's a long piece. Yeah. There's two drum kits there, actually. So anyway, we're back this week. Uh, sorry about last week. Jackson, you want to enlighten our, our listeners to what uh, happened to us we, last we week? We ran into a bit of a locked door. And when I say that, I mean literally a locked door. We got locked out of our room that yeah. we recorded. That was great. I, I just want to give a shout out to Johnny. <laughs> if, you, if you're ever listening to this, Johnny, thank you. <laughs> Though I did appreciate that he put a lock on the door, but someone came Locked the door and closed, and closed it. it, and then never gave me keys. Vinny, was it Vinny? <sighs> Did Vinny have the key? I don't know. No, Vinny didn't have keys either. Anyway, regardless, that's what happened. Sorry, guys, we're we're a week off, but to make up for it, we're going to record a uh, two weeks worth of content today. I'm just joking. If you look at the timestamp, you you'll, you'll you can tell that it's not going to be an hour or two hours long, unless you want it to be. Jackson, <laughs> no. you're looking at me like you want it to be. Except I don't. It doesn't matter to me. Really long. Okay. So, Josh, why don't you tell us about yourself? You're our guest today. Yeah, so I'm a student ministries pastor at Valley. Um, so I've been doing youth ministry and children's ministry for, man, close to a decade now. Wow. But along with that, I also have my uh, master's degree in business administration from Corbin University. A little shout out there to my uh, alma mater. Yeah, Corbin alumni that's, right here, baby. That's right. I'm the odd man out today. Yeah, we'll go to college. Yeah. I'm in college. I know. We'll go to Corbin. Oh. Because they have a great media arts program. They don't. They, I was no, going to say, do no, they? I've they, never they heard of it. They don't have a program for that. I'm just, that's false advertising. But yeah, I have my... Uh, shout, my out to, shout out to Full Sail. <laughs> full Sail University. Okay. So I've got my master's degree in business, um, kind of focused on social media uh, marketing. But then I also have a, uh, a baseball-focused website that's social media-based as well that I have called 90 Know-It-All. And so... So today, I'm, and I'm kind of here talking a little bit of business, but also a little bit, you know, being a part of the ministry and that type of thing. Now, if I, if I remember correctly, nine-inning know-it-all is, it's more than just some hobby. It's a, it, it's a, it's, it's the real deal, right? You've yeah. You've been able to grow that. Yeah. So we started almost five years ago. It was initially just me, um, but now I've got a handful of writers, including my brother-in-law and, and uh, another gentleman who is in Oregon, who's just tenacious when it comes to getting guest speakers. Oh, wow. But we, we hit a million views uh, last fall. Oh, wow. So we, we've gotten quite a few views. Uh, we do press passes. We cover games all across the Northwest. In fact, we have kind of a rule where we really don't go to games unless we go in for free because <laughs> we have press passes. Nice. But it's, it's really cool. It's something that's turned into um, a really good opportunity for us to promote baseball, but we also use it to promote um, Christian athletes. Okay. We, we've had a few guys who I've been on interview and talk with. And just phenomenal young men, guys who play professional in the minor leagues and guys who just want to, you know, share their faith and talk baseball. But, you know, really the focus is just promoting baseball across uh, our area and even even across the, the world. 
Awesome. So we'll probably go after this or talk about this later, but really quick, Josh, if people wanted to find you, where should they go to check it out? Yeah, so it's 9inningknowitall.com. That's the uh, the number 9, so 9inningknowitall.com. We have Twitter. Uh, you can search for 9inning um, know it all. I'm on nine inning Josh. And then, uh, you also can find us on Facebook. Facebook is actually a lot of fun because we have a, a lot of interaction, do some giveaways, but yeah, just nine inning know it all.com. Awesome. Hey Jackson, this, uh, have I told you about my new idea? What's your new idea? Well, okay. So Josh has got me thinking about this, but I think it would be really funny if we started a separate podcast, but one based on sports but based on the idea, oh, this. <laughs> based, based on the idea that we don't watch sports, right? <laughs> so we just read the headlines, right? So we would just we would call it we don't watch sports, and what we would do is it would be a talk show based on the fact that we would just read the headlines from ESPN and just speculate on what's happening because we I don't know anything about sports. Do you know anything about sports? Very, everything I learned about sports I learned from being in the pep band. Okay. That's more than me. So I so think that's basically when to, to, to be loud and when to not. Listeners, if you think that would be fun, uh, let us know. Uh, maybe we would. Maybe we'll do a trial run someday. Some some bonus content yeah. on us elaborating on tennis. <laughs> Just that, some random. We're gonna talk about nothing but cricket the yeah, whole time. The whole time. <laughs> European sports are the best. So anyway, uh, I guess we should jump into this week's topic. So. If you listen to episode two, Jackson kind of shared with us a little bit of something that I know some people were asking about. Jackson, you made the statement about growing up in church for quite some time. Do you remember kind of talking about that? Yeah. You made the statement that you grew up in church. You've, you've heard church terms like sanctification, predestination. Yeah, I grew up around that. Yeah. Predestination is something we'll probably talk about someday, right, if we want to get into a heated debate. Anyway, you've heard all these church terms. But it wasn't until about two years ago you said that the gospel finally clicked in right. your mind. Can you what what happened? I know people were wondering what is it that you were referring to. Well, what happened is I I, I got into what's called resurgence literature, which is a certain it's it's an organization that helps bring up leaders in the church. Resurgence. That's with uh, Mark Driscoll, right? Yeah. Oh, let's no, drop that name. No, <laughs> no judgment. Well, I mean, whatever. He's a cool uh, guy, but. So Unless, what I, what I wound up doing not. is in order to get into that literature, um, I looked up some recommended readings, and one of the things I said to start with was uh, the the explicit gospel by Matt Chandler. Good, book. and I read that yeah. book, and that's that's the one that took all those those pieces that I understood and kind of arranged them to where they need to be, and taught me really how it all fits together and what the grand scheme of it is. That's crazy. So I think what what was important to note was that there are people that can be a part of a church for any extended period of time and still not get what church is about. Josh, as a student minister, do you find that to be kind of true with any of the, your past experiences? Yeah, and a lot of people initially think that, you know, when we talk about that, it's like teenagers who grow up and they don't understand. But I've seen a lot of parents who were raised in church, and when you ask them about even just their faith, they just their response is, well, yeah, I, I go to church. And they don't understand that the faith aspect of it is more than just attendance. It's, it's an actual part of your life, an actual part of what you do. And so, yeah, I, I've seen quite a few people who, um, you know, th- th- maybe it just doesn't click. Th- th- they understand things, but it just doesn't connect with, with the next step, I guess, in, in their minds. Okay. And so that's something that I've seen quite a bit. You know, 
And anyone who's in ministry obviously sees that and understands that, but that's also one of the biggest challenges we face is, is getting people to connect what they've heard and what they've learned to what they believe, what, what their faith is. Right. And I think one thing we should note again is that there is a difference between someone who doesn't understand or know the gospel versus someone who just doesn't know how to articulate it just right. yet. Because there are people who come to um, a saving knowledge of faith they come to know Christ, but they just they don't know all the church terms, I guess, to put it together. But what we're talking about specifically today is that there are people who come to church that honestly have the wrong idea about what church is. They think it's a social club, or they think it's about living these really incredible moral lives, or it's about just getting plugged in with a community. I mean, those are all aspects of things. But what we want to do, and I think what would be fun, is that if we took just the next couple of weeks to break down the gospel and put it together. I think that'd be a good exploration, right? Just to, as Christians, we should lay down the foundation of the gospel because the church, church isn't about moralism. It's not about righteous living in, 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 well, I'll, I'll go back. I'll come back to that. But the church is about the gospel and we should lay down the foundation. So I was thinking today, we, we should just talk about misconceptions about the gospel in church, mm-hmm. and then we'll continue this series on next week. You talked about Matt Chandler's book, The Explicit Gospel, and right. honestly, if, you, if you're if you looking for a good read, I, I would highly recommend that book. Yeah. Now, there's a term that he uses for misconceptions of the gospel. Jackson, do you remember what that was? Oh, moralistic therapeutic deism. Yeah, that's, that's a mouthful. It is. <laughs> but it's an amazing concept, one that, honestly, it plagues our churches. So I thought it'd be fun today to maybe just break down that concept and just see how honestly it, it doesn't belong in churches. So let's, let's say it again. That was moralistic ther- therapeutic deism. Yep. Okay. So what do you remember about him talking about, or I guess what is moralism? Moralism, I guess would be the idea that, um, that there's a way for you to, to, Earn salvation by being a good person. I am a moral person. I am a good person generally. I'm better than, you know, the homeless crack addict I see on the street. I'm doing a lot better than they are, so I guess I must be doing pretty well. So it seems to lend itself to a judgmental culture, right? Mm -hmm. You can look at someone's moral standings and say, I'm better than another person. I guess it comes down to identifying yourself by what you do. Okay. That's... Yeah, identifying yourself by what you do. Yeah, Josh, have you ever seen examples of, I guess, moralistic behavior in churches? Yeah, it's one. Of, it's that's one of the things that it's really easy to go into any situation, whether it's church or, or work, and find someone who, in your mind, is less than you. It's really easy. In fact, most everybody does that wherever you go. You, you compare yourself to those around you. Um, whether you, you look at the the grocery store and you see the magazines of, of actors and musicians, you're like, man. I'm not as good looking as that person, or I have better decision making than they do. You know, you you, you compare yourself to people, and so, and, and that's something we, we do. But it's really easy to look at someone and say, "Oh, look at all the mistakes that person's made. I'm better than that." And and that happens to to really everybody. And that's one of the biggest challenges I think in the church is to get to that realization that hey, it's not about whether I'm better than you. It's it's about how. I compare to Jesus. So, okay, I guess let me ask this question. 
Is it the church's job to make moral people? No, I think it would be the church's job to facilitate change in people. Facilitate change through the gospel. Through the gospel. Yeah. It's not, it, the church isn't what creates the change. It's the gospel that creates the right. change. But the church is where you can go to, to connect with your brothers and sisters in Christ. We'll now, help you facilitate that. Yeah. So I get, one thing we should note, that, though, is that there is a component of morality when it comes to scripture and the gospel and church, right? Right. But the issue that we're talking about is the overemphasis of moral living. It's what it does is when we overemphasize like the law, right? The Pharisees did that. We create a culture of if you do X, Y, and Z, these things, this list of things, it makes you a good person. It makes you better than a person who doesn't do these things. Do you see any issues with that? Like what that creates a really unhealthy spiritual life, right? Where, what are some issues that you've ran into, I guess, that you've seen in your experiences in ministry? Well, I think for me, one of the things, when you get to that point where you feel like you have to accomplish certain good deeds to do certain things, it almost limits you to doing things outside the box, to doing new outreaches, because you have to accomplish A, B, and C in your mind. And so you're, you're like, oh, well, I can't do these other things until I've gotten myself good enough here. And, and one of the things that I think I've tried, for me personally, I've tried to see church more as a sin support group where you, I'm going there to seek help from everyone else to get me through my problems. And because church really is more, it should be more of a support group than it should be of, oh, look at how good I am. And that's, you know, when you see a lot of churches that are more focused on, maybe appearance and that type of stuff, instead of the come as you are mentality, you get that whole moralistic idea of, hey, you're not good enough. You know, you don't get to be a front seat person. You're, right. you, you sit in the back type of thing. And the issue is if we focus too much on the rules, the things that you should and shouldn't be doing, I, we might have said this earlier, but it creates a, a culture of fake people. You can come in on the church, hide all your issues, and that's the issue, right? You, you talked about a sin support group. Man, if you're struggling with something you're trying to overcome, whether it be financial stewardship or pornography or a meth addiction, you should be able to come to a church, lay down your, your issues, and find loving support. But instead, when we focus too much on morality or when we focus on moralism, you're scared to do that. What happens is you say that and people judge you say, how dare you be part of our church? Let's move on to the, uh, I guess the second part of that, of that phrase, moralistic therapeutic deism. So nice. let's look at therapeutic deism. Do you, in your own words, Jackson, do you, what is that? Therapeutic deism. I would say, well, deism is the concept of a God, right? Right. Of a deity. Right. And then therapeutic would be that helping us feel better, some mm-hmm. kind of therapy. So it's the concept of of using God, or at least the concept of God, to just help us feel better about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So it just it just I'm able to feel better about my life because I'm closer to God, air quotes, closer closer to God than the next guy. You're right. Coupled with the idea of moralistic deism or moralism, is the idea that morality we we have a standard we need to live by to become good people so god comes and helps us become these good people but there's an issue when it with therapeutic deism and it's the overemphasis really of personal fulfillment god's not his 
his. You're oh okay. You're burping. I I was leaning away to burp. Okay. I didn't want to share that with and anyone. And I awkwardly pointed that out. Yes, you did. <laughs> no one would have known at all. They wouldn't have. Sorry. <laughs> I, I started talking and I thought you were touched. So you, you, you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was touched. I was touched by lunch. Okay. For a second. <laughs> where, where was I? I, I, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> you're talking about therapeutic deism. Okay. I guess. Uh, give me a second. <laughs> okay. The issue <laughs> with therapeutic deism is that it stops with the idea that we become better people. Now, it is true that the gospel does change us, but what happens is if we focus too much on personal fulfillment or personal change, we take glory away from God. The gospel doesn't end with us becoming good people. The gospel ends with God being glorified. Josh, have you ever seen people, I guess, be disappointed by leaders in the church? Yeah, and that's one of the things that, you know, I have grew up in a church that had some uh, pretty pretty large struggles within the community um, of, of believers, the, the arguments and, and disagreements that led to even church splits. And, and the, the, the crazy thing is, is everyone w- was looking at the leaders and different questions. And there were people who were genuinely seeking God, but the question really always came down to was, was this leader good enough for us? Mm-hmm. And I think that approach was painful and, and, not helpful in any way because it really was, you can ask the question, is that leader following Christ and, and being a good shepherd? You can ask that question. I think that's a valid question, but the question wasn't raised that way. It was, is this leader good enough for us? Is, mm-hmm. are, are we better than this leader for, and all those things? And, and it would, it would cause problems. I mean, obviously when you look at any leader in any situation, whether it be church or, or business, when you begin to question the, the idea of, well, I'm better than that person, or I'm doing this and, it raises problems. It creates chasms between individuals. And God, the whole focus was relationships and building that that uh, that unity with with Him. And when we start putting comparisons ourselves versus others, it it separates us that from that. Right. Listen, with the idea of personal fulfillment, people who are growing in the Lord, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are sinless people. I'll share this. Listen, I live with a fear that I will let down people in my congregation. There have been times I have failed. I, as a youth pastor in my last church, I, I did not do right by those students. And honestly, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they held it against me or had a bad taste in their mouth for churches because of my own actions back then. Hopefully, luckily, I've grown up. But here's the thing. God isn't about making me a great pastor. He's about him being glorified. Yes, I will repent, I will change, I will grow. But if I focus so much on what I'm going through and how I'm growing, and I start saying, look at me, look at how much I'm changing, it creates a false hero. I, I know for me, when in, in the past, I've had mentors that it wasn't their fault, but I looked at them and I couldn't see past them to who they were leading me to. I couldn't see God. And they, I held them on a pedestal, and over the course of time, I started to realize they were human, and it broke my heart. And that's the issue with therapeutic deism. God isn't about making us better people. At the end of the day, God is about him being glorified. Now, the issue with moralism and therapeutic deism, it's not that those things aren't part of the gospel. It's an unhealthy emphasis on aspects of the gospel that doesn't, doesn't brand well. It doesn't give a good reputation to the entire the entirety of the gospel concept. 
So I'm looking forward to the next few weeks as we kind of just break down the gospel. Next week, we'll, we'll start off, I guess, with God, the presupposition of God. But we'll kind of break it down and discuss through each aspect of the gospel and then bring it all back together to see what the gospel is really all about. So you know what it's time for, Jackson? Is it time for shop talk? It's time for shop talk. It's time for shop talk. It's time for shop talk. So what do you got for us this week, Jackson? Today we're going to start the basics of branding. And that's, this is going to be another topic that we're going to talk about for a few weeks. This is something that is a very vast topic, and there are, it's a lot of different ways to do branding. There's a lot of different ways to develop a brand. Yeah. So we're going to try to get do as much as we can. Today we're just going to talk about the basics of really what it is. Yeah, and this is primarily why you're here, right, Josh? Yeah, this is actually, although I've done you know, youth ministry, children's ministry for a long time, you know, I love the marketing aspect, the branding aspect. This is this is what I do for my hobby. This is what yeah. I do for fun. But you also have an education background. Yeah, like, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I have a master's degree in business. I also have a bachelor's degree in business administration. So, so okay. both of my both my bachelor's and my master's degree are entirely focused on this aspect of how to make your business you know, known and seen and, right. and recognizable. Okay. Cause I honestly, I'm happy you cleared that. Cause I've been telling people you have a degree in social media marketing, like specifically. No, you just yeah. did social. a big project. Yeah, so, media. so what it was Didn't is you? both my degrees were, were business administration, but everything I did in all my classes was focused around social media, oh, uh, okay. all my major projects, all that. And the cool thing is I had a couple instructors that were quite knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'd run business, hundreds of businesses through social media and international stuff. And that's all I, that's all I talked about. I didn't do anything for every project I did. If it didn't have social media in it, I didn't do it. Gotcha. And so that's, that was the cool thing about Corbin is I was able to tailor my education directly that way. Wow. You got this amazing education from Corbin university, (laughs) Corbin university. So how about that? Corbin university. Not George Fox. <laughs> that one was for that you, should, Lance. That should, that should be their tagline. Yeah. Like, that's just it. <laughs> that's the whole brand. Yeah. We're not that guy. <laughs> Doesn't that play into our last discussion? <laughs> is, yeah. is that deism right there? Is that moralism? <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just saying you should, if you're going to go saying, to a Christian it's, college, it's not. my bias is go to Corbin, <laughs> not George Fox. <laughs> nah, I, I've got a good relationship with Fox, too. Don't, don't hate me, please. Yeah, we do have quite a few kids that we know. They go there, and they're yeah. pretty cool. So. Yeah, yeah. They're, pretty, they're pretty cool cats. Yeah, if you're going to go to a private school, go to either one of those. Not Warner... No, it, you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to start hating on people. Just, just start picking out <laughs> random colleges. Don't go to LCC. That's not a very good Christian college. <laughs> it's not even a- There, see? That was my out. Okay. <laughs> That's your out. Okay. So, into branding. Uh, one of the first things I want to cover with branding is uh, one of the things my professor told me I, one of my first professors I had at Full Sail University, shout out to Full Sail University, was... They're uh, an amazing Christian university. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. They're no, not. They're, Aren't they a for-profit university? They're for-profit, but that comes with actually a lot of bonuses. I know, well. that's awesome. For-profit, for that's the future of education. Is it really? Yeah. Privatizing. Oh. Well, because yeah. it creates higher standard. That's awesome. Yeah. It creates a higher standard and they create more tools because they want your money. Yeah. So they'll do more things to help you stay in school. Free market. <laughs> yeah. Capitalism. Yay. Uh, anyway... Now that we've dropped that bomb, <laughs> uh, one of the things I had a professor early on that told me, says, when you hear the word brand, you should think the word reputation. Okay. You should think, when you talk about somebody's brand, you talk about what they're known for. Right? So, Josh, what, 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 if you were, I guess, with your training to define the word brand, what would you say it is? 
You mentioned, you know, reputation, but I also think of recognition. And, you know, there are certain words, certain things you hear that will instantly make you think of different products, different businesses. I mean, the obvious one, when you walk into Target, you see red shirts and you instantly know these are Target employees. Now, sometimes you have customers who wear red shirts. Yeah. Quite confusing. But but you see certain things. There's certain things that you instantly recognize that. Um, now I just want to go. To, I just want to put on a red shirt and just walk around Target and just see if people ask me questions and then just try to answer them. Did that by accident? Not as much fun as it sounds. But <laughs> there, there have been Target flash mobs, but have we there? are a little to- off topic. Yeah, but there have been people who've dressed in the red and khaki. When I used to work at Target, that was that was the standard: red and khaki. Mm-hmm. And then people would just show up at Targets wearing red and khaki and be mistaken as employees. And but it was like a flash mob of like 40, 50 people. It was awesome. Oh, no. Okay. Anyway, okay, sorry, off topic. But it is one of those things where the brand is really designed to get people to think your way and, and understand who you are, too. And that's, a, that's another part of it. A lot of people think the brand is just your logo, just your catchphrase. But really, it's what you represent, what you're trying to convey. You want your brand to be in line with your goals and with your purpose. How does that relate to things that we are trying to accomplish as a church? You know what I mean? Like, why does branding even matter? Yeah, I would say um, one, of, one of the important things to understand is that uh, a, a good brand and a, and a solid, consistent brand translates as, well, it comes across as quality to people. When people walk in the door and they see that a church has its act together and that they're, they're able to kind of keep things visually consistent and all this stuff. But that's assuming that the church has a reputation associated with that brand for being quality, right? Because, I mean, like, isn't it possible then that you could have, like, a a not very good logo and people see your church as just kind of not doing very well anyway, so every time they see you, they just would just... Again, going back to the idea of reputation, right. you could have a bad reputation as well right. associated right. with... Right, a reputation either way. Yeah. And the reality is that um, you can have it good or bad, but when you have a good one and you have a solid logo and you have a solid, consistent brand that comes across as quality. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you always have to understand in productions is that quality translates into credibility. Okay. And so if you come across and have quality product as far as your brand, people are more willing to listen to you as you speak into their life on spiritual matters. So people will, uh, yeah, people will listen more if they think, if, they, if, if you can come across as being more professional, being more, having higher quality. Yeah, and it seemed like one of those things for, you know, even outside the church, you know, with my baseball site, Not Any Know-It-All, the whole focus is it's, it's baseball for the fan, by the fan. And so we come off right off the bat and we tell you we are not professionals. We don't, we don't do this. And that, that's a part of our brand is mm-hmm. that we are fans who just want to talk baseball with other fans. And, and that, for us changes how people even see us because they're not going, oh, you guys weren't 100% professional on this because we tell them we're not going to be professional. We're going to be fans who are going to yell and scream for our team. And that helps us in that way. And with churches, you know, it's different, but it's, it's similar where, you know, you can come across with the idea that, hey, this is our church. This is our personality in essence. And people can look at the church and say, that personality represented by that brand kind of fits who I am. I'm going to give them a shot. And and, and personality does play into branding because, you know, there are some businesses, they brand to 12 to 18 year olds or 18 to 35 year olds. 
that's who they're focused on. And it's okay for even churches to kind of have that because churches can have certain areas where they're, they're more effective in. And and that's, that's not a bad thing because someone can go to one church and it fit them and a different church that doesn't fit them, you know, and there's a church for everybody out there, but not every church is good for everyone. Sometimes there's a situation where you need to find a church that fits you and that brand can help you find that. That makes sense. We've, we've talked about this before that like theoretically, Every evangelical church is about the same thing, theoretically, about the gospel, the Great Commission, all those things. But I guess from a philosophical standpoint and, and methodolo- methodology, or for a methodology, their methods are going to be different. Right. How they go about fulfilling the Great Commission in the gospel. So I guess if you, as a church, are known for a certain way of how you com- impact the community, your brand, your, your logo becomes um, associated with that. So it helps you identify as a seeker, really. Um, if you're looking for a new church, you can feel like, oh man, this church is really community oriented. I see their logo on all these different community events. I really want to go check them out. As opposed to a church that's not community oriented. I'm trying to think of the yeah. other thing that a church could be. Well, well churches that kind of shore up their walls and kind of are inwardly focused, I would say. Okay. You tend not to see them out and about because they're so f- focused on. And this does sadly happen to some churches that they tend to get really inwardly focused and focus on their congregation. So you know what we just did then is it shows that for as part of outreach, branding is really important because as we are out in the community, it gives people something to look for to realize, oh my gosh, that's the church that came and helped me with a block party or helped me pay for something or help help my son with his addictions or something. Right. So that, that so from that standpoint, branding is incredibly powerful because it gives you that recognition, that association with something that has happened. Yeah, and that's one of the things, like, you know, at the church we did different outreach events, Halloween Fest, and we've done, and we did the 4th of July Kids Zone, which in, in Longview is is the event of the year, mm-hmm. and our logo is there, so people saw that, and, hey, you're the church on this, on 30th, you're the church that does, you're the church that does, and they keep asking these different questions, saying, you do this, you do that, and yeah, we do, because they've seen us, they recognize it, and, you know, and it's, you know, looking at, we've talked about Corbin and George Fox a little bit, yeah. and those are both Christian universities, but they're very different. Where right. Corbin is a discipleship college university, they, they accept only Christians because the focus is to build them up and send them out. Mm-hmm. Whereas George Fox is missional, where they accept anyone, Christian or not, with the understanding that they want to, they can still teach them about mm-hmm. the gospel when they come. And there are some churches like that too. There's some churches that are they're open for everybody, which is great. And and then it's kind of what we are at Valley. We're open for anybody, and we try and build them up. But there are also other churches that really focus on that developing the believers to use them for missionaries and, okay. and like that. So there's going to be different personalities, and that's good because if we were all the same, it, we wouldn't reach everybody. We wouldn't reach different people. And that's why even in the Bible it talks about you know some of us are, are arms and legs and the heart. We're all different parts of the body. We have different jobs, and if we do them correctly— We'll reach the most. That's awesome. You know, I was while you're talking about all that, I I was just thinking about our own brand as Restless Roots. We had we had a friend of ours develop our our original logo, and then I had to throw something together just real quick when we were trying to get some stuff online for the podcast because it wouldn't accept what we had. So now we have several. Several different logos, but yeah. it's always a tree. It's always a tree. It's always a tree. Yeah, but one has a bird and the other <laughs> one doesn't. But actually, you know, what would be kind of fun is if we, because you're talking about doing a um, a series through branding, right? 
Yeah, we're going to talk couple, about a few different aspects, ways ways that can be developed and things like that. Maybe maybe as a, a new ministry, we're developing our brand as well too. Maybe it'd be kind of fun if we kind of talked about how we are developing as we figure some things out. Because the truth is, we have a brand, right? It's kind of undefined at the moment, but I would say that we 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 should be establishing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want cool sweaters like Josh over here. Yeah, Josh has his night-eating know-it-all sweater on. Yeah, look at that thing. Can you guys see that? It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Look at that. Look at that sweater, guys. Yeah. yeah. Look at it right now. Yeah, and just so you guys know, I only wear night-eating know-it-all stuff, T-shirts and sweatshirts. So even when I'm at work at church, yeah, I'm, I'm sporting my brand. That is true. Now that I think about it. <laughs> He's always wearing it. So, so is that – you got any more on that, Jackson? Uh, I think that's all we're going to do today. Okay. Because you didn't do the building brand for small businesses. Things to check. Or did I write that? No, I wrote that because I'm going to qu- quote that as a resource, but I haven't actually read the book yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have the book, but I haven't read it yet. Oh. So I don't want to. So now we're going to cut that part out. No, we're not. Because here's, <laughs> here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. I guess as establishing a brand, we are not professionals. No. We are enthusiasts is what we are. <laughs> That was good. Okay. Well, I guess that's it, but uh, I guess we'll move on to our next segment. I'm, I'm excited to share this. We finally have letters. We have letters to share. So this first one is actually, it's a, I guess it's cheating. I don't know. It's a text that I got. They aren't actual letters. People don't actually mail us things. No. We, it would be fun if they did, though. If they could email us, and that would <laughs> technically be a letter. But th- th- there's nothing like opening up a letter from yeah. the post office because it just has that feel to it. So Yeah. Someday, guys, maybe we'll put out we'll a physical send this address. stuff here, um, right at this P.O. box that we're showing right now. Yep, they're here. <laughs> and then we'll check our mail. We're okay. going to cut to that clip? Yes. There was the clip. There, that was it. Did you guys see it? Did you miss it? <laughs> okay. Uh, first, I guess, I guess we'll call these shout-outs. Uh, thank you so much, guys. I know we, um, I've, I've been watching our metrics, and we are slowly gaining more and more people who are listening and viewing things, which is exciting. Um, if you again, if you guys have any suggestions or questions, please feel free to, to write us. We would love to start a dialogue with whoever is listening out there. But this this first letter, I guess, is actually a text. is from a friend of ours. His name is Josh Masters. He wrote, "Digging the pod, the podcast." I guess is what he means by the digging, pod. digging the pod. I listen to six to nine hours of podca- podcast slash books a day, and you guys are starting out way better than most. Thank you, Josh. One note, you should call the Andrew, you, I guess it, it should say, you should call it the Andrew, wait for it, Jackson podcast, Andrew Jackson. And that has something, that has been something that we've considered. We considered calling it uh, $20 Productions. Yeah. If you guys haven't put it together, <laughs> my name is Andrew and his name is Jackson. Yeah. Andrew Jackson. Yeah. That was a president and he's on the $20 bill. Yeah. So that's actually, that's, that's a funny joke, I guess, to us. We've talked about that for years. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we talked about, I also thought it would be cool to call something presidential productions, but we're not very professional yet. No. Okay. All right. Our second, our second shout out or letter. Sorry. Uh, all of that lap padding just got in. Oh, It's okay. like our second. <laughs> like. I, I, I will refrain from hands <laughs> movement. Uh, the second second shout out comes to us from at Trevor Windsor. Trevor is a uh, a buddy of mine that went to Corbin with me, but and I guess also a fellow writer on Not Any Know It All. Oh, he is. He is nice. He is nice. I know Trevor because I went to college with him at Corbin. He uh, 
he also he was he was on the baseball team. Yeah, he was there, and God has done just an amazing, and I guess continues to do an amazing work in his life. Anyway, he wrote this. Uh, he tweeted at us. He wrote, "Just wanted to give you guys a shout out. I I'm one of your subscribers and listeners. Love your heart and mission for the show." Hey, thanks, Trevor. Uh, I guess we'll give a quick plug for him. Trevor, he was telling me that he's also starting a podcast as well. Uh, I guess shout out to him and my old buddy, Ben Potloff. I miss you, Ben. Uh, they're doing something with pastors, pastors with coffee or something like that. I guess it's going to be a podcast of just guys getting together, drinking, drinking coffee, coffee, shooting the breeze about theology. And okay, stuff. yeah, and stuff. <laughs> you know what, Trevor? It'd be cool if we collaborated. You should write us in and tell us what you guys are doing, and we'll plug you. We'll plug you some more. And you guys, you gotta follow Trevor if if you want to hear someone who has a great heart, but also is a little crazy. Trevor is the man. He is. I worked with him for uh, for a year at Corbin as well, and uh, that oh, was. Yeah, I forgot he worked. Yeah, there. he worked in the admissions office with me for graduate admissions, and man, we we got in a lot of trouble together, but it was awesome. So that's great. Yeah, so shout out to Trevor. Trevor, yeah, you can follow him at, at Trevor Windsor. I'm not going to spell that. You can just figure it out, guys. Okay, I think that's it for our show this week, unless we have a few more other things that we want to say. Jackson, do you have anything? I don't have anything I want to say. Josh, do you, th- again, th- Josh, thank you for coming on the show today and lending us your voice and your exp- experience and expertise when it comes to branding. Hey, not a problem. Well, I guess that's it. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, Restless Roots. This is Andrew. I'm sitting here Monday night just editing our our amazing podcast, and it came to my attention that when we ended the podcast, we neglected to give out our contact information. We were just way too excited. So, if you want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of Jackson at Jackson Gillahan. Uh, that's his Twitter handle. And my Twitter handle is at Andrew QN. You can look at uh, you can look us up on Facebook. Uh, just search Restless Roots, and then if you want to email us, we are restlessroots2014 at gmail.com. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope you're enjoying this as much as we are enjoying putting this out. All right, good night, guys.